Adams, Adamly, Adamowski, Bueller, Burns, Burns, Burns. Time for School, Rock School, with your hosts, Dr. Joe Burns. They don't get up in the morning, look in the mirror, and go, how can I make somebody's life unbelievably difficult? No, they don't. They go to get a job, and they're dealing with the public, and you don't know how many horrible people they have dealt with before you. Right. Class is in. This is the Rock School Radio Show on the Rock School Radio Network. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. All right, let me tell you what we're talking about today. You know Brian Adams? Yes, I do. Everything he do, he do for you. I love the rocker. Brian Adams, a Canadian, was going into Egypt because he was asked to play a concert at the Giza Pyramids. Okay. Mm, Classy. He has a 1957 Martin D-18 guitar. Okay, I can already see you going to your iPadial device looking up the guitar. Yes, I am. Now, any Martin guitar is wonderful, but this is specifically a 1957, and it is a collector's item. The guitar, it's not TSA in Egypt. It is some kind of airport security. What they did was crack open the case... I, I, I'm assuming it was really a high-end case. If you're Brian Adams, you have the coin to do this. They then marked it up with some kind of green ink pen and also on the front of it, marked it with a series of numbers, which means nothing to... Oh, you can see it. It's right there on your iPad. Oh, this is not good. Yeah, the numbers mean nothing to me, but I'm sure to the Egyptian TSA equivalents, those numbers mean nothing. So what he, the Brian Adams did, he got upset and put this on Twitter and said that the, the guitar would have to be sent off to a luthier and would have to be repaired. I said this morning while you and I were going for our walk around the neighborhood that he should just leave it and that he should use it in concert and show off the marks. And then you suggested no, because that would suggest to other airports that they should mark up his other guitars. Everybody's everybody's instruments, mark them up. Right. But that, I, you know, I was not kind a good of, idea. I was with you until I saw how hideous this green marker looked. Right. And I, it's it's terrible. It, it's a it's a green that we don't even have in our Sharpie con- collection. Right, I you have to go. You. You have to go to Egypt to get the green. Well, I would go to Egypt, but right. yeah. Now the thing is, I asked myself: Is this a one-off? Is this something that's only happened I a couple hope times? So. I hope so. No. An easy Google search found a lot of instances of musicians having their instruments not only marked up, but almost and completely destroyed when they put the instruments on airplanes or attempted to carry them on airplanes. And furthermore, I did research and found... There are specific rules 
about checking, booking, carrying on, and buying seats to carry your instruments onto aircraft. Oh my goodness, I never thought of that. I can cite chapter and verse from the FAA regulations. So today we're going to talk about that because it all kicked off with Brian Adams and I happen to have Brian Adams run to you or at least run to your guitar. Oh, I'm sorry, Brian. Your Martin 1957 D18. Sounds like this. We're going to talk guitars. Not just guitars, but full bass guitars and all this kind of stuff here on Rock School Today. Brian Adams here on Rock School. I did a quick Google search of other musicians who had had run-ins with the NSA. Now, I didn't do anything overseas. I couldn't find anything overseas. But I did a quick Google search of people who had had run-ins and had absolutely no trouble finding musicians who had problems. There's a jazz musician by the name of John Patitucci. P-A-T-I-T-U-C-C-I, Patitucci, I assume is how it's said. Here's the thing. If you're going to take up an instrument, understand that those instruments cost money mm-hmm. and a guitar. I mean, you can buy a guitar for 400 bucks. You can buy a guitar for 100 bucks. Yeah. But if you want one that sounds good, about 400 bucks and above. John played the double bass, one of those tall bull fiddles. I know exactly what you're talking about. We're talking thousands upon thousands, and if you're a professional, I mean lots of thousands of dollars. Yeah. He was getting on an airplane to Norway, and the NSA in America decided that, I don't know, he was carrying, I don't know, drugs, I don't know, children, I don't know, farm animals inside of this. And the rule is, if they're going to search your bags or they're going to search your cases, you have to be present. And the NSA said, no, 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 we're just going to look at it without you. Oh, well, dear. Here's the thing. His double bass, which is a sort of custom job, okay, did not have the neck attached to it. It was something that all got put together. And when the NSA people took it out, they grabbed it by the neck. And when it came out of the case, the body fell down upon the case and it put a big hole in the back of it and scratched up the bass guitar which was worth a gajillion dollars Mm -hmm. did they pay for it and all of that no of course not they weren't responsible for it did they put the little page in there we have searched your bag no he just wasn't allowed to be there they gave it back to him broken oh my god he had to macgyver the thing back together there's another guy named christian mcbride who again plays double bass. He was on his way to Canada to play a festival gig. Now, if you're playing double bass, not only do you pluck it with your fingers, but in other places and other ways, you have you know a bow to play it with. Well, he had a very, very expensive carbon fiber bow, which went away. He never found it. It, it just was disappeared. Just disappeared in the same way that our camera was, quote, pilfered. Remember I wrote the letter? Yes. And we got the letter back that said, we apologize that your camera was pilfered, mm-hmm. right? 
he believes either A, an NSA agent swiped it because he believed he, the NSA agent, believed it had either ivory or some other precious something on it. He, the guy who owned it, Christian McBride, never received an explanation nor a payment back or anything else. How about that? I don't like it. Aeroplane Blues. It's a Black Keys on Rock School. that musicians have had on airplanes with their instruments. And we're going to talk later on, again, how you as a musician can carry your instrument onto the airplane. Jazz guitarist Kevin Eubanks took the hit, took it pretty hard. He flew on American Airlines and had with him his guitar. It was a 30-year-old instrument, and it wasn't just any guitar that he walked into Guitar Center and picked up off of the, you know, the wall. Yeah. This was something that was custom-made for him, and it simply disappeared. Oh, no. In the same way, what's the old statement? Small world till they lose your luggage. Oh, my god! He went to go pick it up, and it was gone. And again, Again, no explanation, no nothing, just it's gone. Hey, sir, we'll look at it, fill out this form, and it was gone. Wow. I have to believe that if you have a guitar case, those that throw luggage onto the airplanes, I have to believe that 99% of the people that work there are honest, hardworking, good human beings. But there's going to be 1% of them that are jerks. And that 1% in some city somewhere is going to think, I can profit off of this. And bango away goes your instrument. It, it may not even be that. It may be that it just gets on a flight to Paris or some other place. Right. You Mis- know, Who Mistakes knows? get made, right. In the same way that you at work, I don't know what you do, you out there listening, you make mistakes. And that guitar was supposed to go to point A and it went to point B and the concern to get it back to point A was just too much. It's too big. Yeah. Yep. Ron Foos, F-O-O-S. Look him up. He's a bass player and sort of a, you know, a hired gun. He's played for, and I'm just going to list a few of them. Paul Revere and the Raiders, Mary Wilson, Righteous Brothers, uh, Three Dog Night, Chuck Negron, uh, The Diamonds, Mitch Ryder, Randy Buchanan, blah, 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 blah. He had a custom-made bass guitar by Luthier Mike Lull. Waited two years to have the instrument made. He checked it, and when it showed up, he again checked it in, when it showed up in the spinning thing, there were tire marks across it. Whatever, you know, again, there's... How many different machines that drive around? Oh my gosh, it fell off of whatever loading area and something ran over it by mistake. Exactly that. When he talked to the woman there, he picked it up, walked over and said, hey, look what happened here. He said, quote, the girl looked at me and smirked. Oh, we don't take responsibility for damages. Contact the luggage insurance company. Boom. 
Oh, my gosh. And that was it. He said that night, he, you know, he showed up at whatever. He had a gig that night. He had to go to a guitar center or whatever place was selling guitars in that town and pick up a bass and play it that night out of his own pocket. Wow. Doesn't that drive you insane? How about that? Here's Elton John. You can probably tell we're playing music that has to do with airlines and airports and pilots. So take me to the pilot. It's Elton John on Rock School. If you feel that it's real, I'm on trial and I'm here again, you're present. Like a coin in your mint, I am dented and I'll spit with hot trees on. Through a glass eye, your throne is the one danger zone. Take me to the pilot for control. Take me to the pilot of your song. Take me to the pilot, beat me to the tamer. Okay, into the first break. You are a musician, Tammy. I remember you tried to play the mandolin. Oh, my. It, it, it went okay. Failure. Remember, you could play umbop. Remember yes, that? Yes, I could. Yes, you could. That was a big hit at the time, and I showed you three chords, and you could play umbop. And I played it a lot. <laughs> Good for you. Okay, you want to take your instrument onto an airplane, not check it, but take it onto the airplane. Can I'm I'm glad I'm glad we're going into this because that's what I was trying to find out. How do I do this? Okay, well, I'm going to tell you exactly. Yes, you can carry your instrument onto the airplane. Yes, you can check it. And yes, you can purchase another seat for it. So what governs that? If you want to be very specific, and at all points in time, look, the people who work behind the counter are people who have a job. They don't get up in the morning, look in the mirror and go, how can I make somebody's life unbelievably difficult? No, they don't. They go to get a job and they're dealing with the public and you don't know how many horrible people they have dealt with before you. Right. If the 15 people before you have told them all that their mother's ugly, no kidding they're going to have an attitude when they show up before you. When you show up, always complimentary you know you and i believe this completely you and i worked in the service industry you and i've worked for tips yes we have always smiles everyone smile not right like mr like mr Rourke. <laughs> smiles everyone smiles you're always gonna win like like ben franklin said you're gonna win more with honey than vinegar always so what you're interested in is section 403 of the FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012. Now, some of the articles that I read state that it had been updated in 2015. However, none of the updates that I read sounded any different than the updates of 2012. So if there is some update, I don't understand what the update is. Okay, so we move forward. 
Carriers must, this is right from the the act, Mm -hmm. carriers must allow passengers to stow their small musical instruments in an approved storage area. That's a piccolo. Right, in the cabin, if at the time the passenger boards the aircraft and such storage space is available. Good luck. So if you want to put it up there and it's small enough, you got it. Put it up there. Furthermore, For some musical instruments that are too large to fit in the cabbage storage areas described in the FAA-approved carry-on baggage program, there's this big giant thing that's in parentheses here, it is sometimes possible to to secure them in the seat as seat baggage or cargo in passenger cabin, meaning if the seat is available, you can stick it in the seat and put the seatbelt around it. Right. Carriers are required to carry large musical instruments in the cabin if the passenger wishing to carry the instrument in the aircraft cabin has purchased an additional seat to accommodate the instrument and the instrument is contained in a case or cover to avoid injury to other passengers. However, the weight of the instrument may not exceed 165 pounds or what is the applicable weight of the aircraft. I don't know how they can say 165 pounds because you and I have gotten on some small puddle jumpers where some very, very large Guinness Book of World Records people (laughs) have jammed themselves into seats. Well, we've been on flights before where you have to shift the weight around. Exactly. They've told one big person, sit over here. You sit over here because you well, have Well, not weight. only that, they told you to go on one side and me on the other. I don't know what that says about us, huh? No, it says I'm huge. That's what it is. KSRQ, Thief River Falls, Minnesota. You guys carry your instruments on a plane. KCMJ in Colorado Springs, they carry their skis on a plane. Good for them. If you can play your ski, do it. I'd like to hear that. Get us on Facebook. Search Rock School Radio Show back in a minute on Rock School. Okay, coming out of the break, if you have the opportunity to tour through Alabama, my loving wife Tammy has a neato mosquito place for you to go. Right, it's in Scottsboro, Alabama. Which is not hard to get to. No, kind of, but it's the Unclaimed Baggage Center. Right, it's the only place in the United States, and I mean only. Why Scottsboro, Alabama? I don't know. Wasn't there when they decided on it. It is the only place in the United States where unclaimed baggage from airlines go to. And you and I have been there. Yes, we have. In fact, we'd like to go back there. Oh, yeah. It is the most spectacular yard sale you have ever seen in your life. And musical instruments were there. Yes, it's a huge store. They have millions of of baggage bags there that they get in every single day 
Sometimes they leave the bags just packed so you can buy them as they are so that you're surprised when you open up to get, you know, grandpa's dirty underwear. Yeah, there. nobody wants that. It's fun though, isn't yeah. it? I actually, in my office at work, the four director's chairs that I have in my office yeah. that people sit in are from unclaimed baggage in Alabama. They used to get tons and tons of skis. Yeah. Musical instruments. Right. And uh, when Joe and I were there the last time, the number one thing that they had, in, in, and they had buckets of these things, but right. it was Swiss Army knives. Right. And and she's not kidding. There was a physical bucket. Bucket of knives. Of Swiss Army Do knives. Do you remember why? I guess I don't. Because the airlines had just made the rule to uh, stop allowing people to carry oh, the knives onto right. the plane. So everybody was coming. And these are true Swiss Army knives. Right. And you could buy them for a ridiculous price, like four bucks. Yes. Right. And there was art there as well. I want to go well. back. I want to go back. So do I. It was wonderful. We blew the whole day just wandering around in this place. Here you go. More songs about being on an airplane. Eight miles high. Birds on Rock School. showed me some fantastic pictures that were taken at the unclaimed baggage place in Scottsboro, Alabama. Right. And there's a wall of instruments. How many bass guitars are there? Got to be 15. Oh, and that was just one wall. Yeah, and it went on and on. It really And what's funny is if you didn't know this was the unclaimed baggage place, you wouldn't pick it out. It's this unassuming building that you walk in and then it just widens out. It's really neat. If you get a chance, I know what people are saying, I don't want to drive to Alabama. Go drive to Alabama. It is a whole lot of fun. Well, I, I think the story needs to be said that, you know, a lot of these instruments that are coming up missing, right? they may end up in Alabama. Entirely so possible. There you go. Go take a look. If you lived in Scottsboro, you would only be living off of the things that people won't pick up. Let's do seven days and 70 seconds. These are the dates of seven days, 70 seconds, March 21st all the way through March 27th. Tammy's got Monday. Go. March 21st, 2001, a survey revealed that the music of older established bands being distributed illegally over the internet much more than they thought of their younger chart top and counterparts. Queen had the highest number of bootleg websites. By the way, Queen's going to show up later in the show again. March 22nd, 1978, the Ruttles. All you need is cash, an affectionate spoof of the Beatles. I'm not sure how affectionate it was. It was broadcast for the first time in the United States. March 23rd, 1972, the film of the concert for Bangladesh featuring George Harrison, Bob Dylan, and Eric Clapton premiered in New York. March 24, 1945, Billboard published the first U.S. LP chart. March 25th, 1966, at a photo session at Bob Whitaker Studio in London, the Beatles posed for the butcher cover known as 
yesterday and today. March 26, 1985, radio stations in South Africa banned all of Stevie Wonder's records after he declined the Oscar he had won the night before, dedicating the win to Nelson Mandela. And then finally, March 27, 1964, the British invasion continued to make its way around the world when the Beatles topped the six positions on the Australian pop chart. Let's play another one dealing with music that deals with airplanes, pilots, something like that. Back in the USSR from the White Album, Beatles and Rock School. tell you a couple more stories about musicians who ran into trouble okay. with putting their instruments on an airplane. All right, there's no way I'm going to pronounce this guy's name correctly. Go for it. Bujema Razgui. No, you did not get that there's right. no way. There's no one named Razgui. Oh, well, the last name is spelled R-A-Z-G-U-I. No, you didn't get that. Okay. He's a flutist. Flautist? Flutist, flautist, I don't know. Metallica? Is it flutist or flautist? I stole that joke. That is awful. He disembarked a JFK from a Canadian gig to find that his bag that contained 13 flutes when he first, you know, left. Yes. Was missing a whole bunch of them. Now, he makes his own flutes. Oh, no. Now, this is not the metal flutes you're thinking right. of, like your daughter plays inside of a band. These are flutes that he will go out and find a piece of wood and drill out and will carve and blah, blah, oh, blah. Oh, my goodness. Here's the problem. The people who were part of the TSA stated that the bamboo that he was using to make the flutes were seized in accordance with laws against importing agricultural products. However, when the flutes were gone, he never got them back. They, the people who were at the TSA, stated that the flutes were never there. Oh, my goodness. To this day, he's never gotten them back. You're kidding me, right? Who are you right? going to fight, right? Yeah, that's right. Good luck suing the government. Good luck. There's also a Polish pianist named Christian Zimmerman. Again, I might be a little bit wrong, but I think I'm closer on that one. This guy was a classical music star who used to take his piano along with him. Again, when you decide on a, a musical instrument, think about transporting the thing. I didn't even know you could do that. Apparently you can. Billy Joel does, but he doesn't take it on an airplane. Right. He took the piano in 2006 from JFK. No, he arrived at JFK. It doesn't say where he came from. The piano was in pieces. A Steinway piano was in pieces. Oh, I'm crying. Okay, why? The officials explained that its glue had resembled a compound that was used in explosives. Oh, no. Now, I have here that he would never come back to the United States. I don't know if that's still true. Oh. 
but it may be. He had to have a mental breakdown after that. He had that. to. Oh, he had to. This was his Steinway so piano, sorry. and because of this, the TSA tore the piano apart. Oh, my God. How about that? Jefferson Airplane, blues from an airplane on Rock School. How sad it is to be a man alone I feel I know now And I'm sure of how I can be the man I feel I can be the man I feel Okay, coming into the second Break. Let's talk more about taking an instrument onto an airplane. I'm not going to do it. You don't even have to talk to me about it. <laughs> I, I have decided after the piano story, I'm no done. No more. No more. According again to Section 403 of the FAA Modernization and Reform Act of 2012, you can do it. However, the rules will vary from airplane. What do you call it? Aircraft carrier to aircraft carrier. Okay. If you'd like to see them, go search airlines.org. And once you arrive, do a quick search for air travel for musicians. And you'll see them compared. Once again, airlines.org and search for air travel for musicians. Now, if you'd like just sort of an idea... If you are, say, booking a cello okay. for a seat, yes. you want to buy a seat for your cello. Okay, cello's big. Very good. It's yes. about the height of a, I don't know, five, six, five, seven man. Okay. Good enough. Most of the time, this is somebody looking at all the differences. Most of the time, your cello must be in a window seat. I.e., it can't be... It you know, gets to look out the window when it we're does. flying? It can't be up against the aisle. It has to be in a window seat. Okay. Occasionally, your cello must be in the last row. About a third of the time, your cello must be in the first row, the bulkhead row, which cheeses me off because I'm six foot four and I need to be in the bulkhead row because I physically don't fit in any other row. Yeah, the cello has no legs, so you know, right. it's getting a good seat. Yeah. Occasionally, it also means that no one can sit next to the cello, which means if you own a three-person row, you own the row. Oh, there's right. some good sleep in there, huh? For some aircraft, the cello cannot legally go into any seat at all. I don't believe that because Section 403 says it can. Some sites suggest booking the ticket for the instrument with the instrument name. And then your name. Oh. So if I wanted to book the cello, it would be Cello Burns. Oh, if that's, a guy, that's brilliant. Right. If McGillicuddy, some Bob McGillicuddy wanted to do it, it would be Cello McGillicuddy. <laughs> but again, to keep all of this straight, search <sighs> airlines.org and then air travel for musicians and you'll find them all. All. I got to write this down. Where is my piece of paper? Mm, yeah. Radio Universidad Salamanca, Spain. Thanks for running the radio show. And you gave me the dirty one, KFOK in Sacramento, California. Makes me happy to hear you say that. The dirty one. Back in a minute on Rock School.
right, coming out of the break, I ran into a blog that allowed people who were pilots, co-pilots, flight attendants. Stewardess. Stewardess. That, hey, wait, 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 wait. Stewards. You sexist, sexist person. That's right. Now, these were posts only about, this was a thread inside of the overriding thing, that was only about musicians and things like that. Famous, really? Famous people that came on their airplanes. Oh, cool. Here are some of the things I found. A member of Oasis came onto an airplane and had actually purchased two first-class seats, one for him and his guitar. Did that's he, a lot of money. That's a ton of money. Did he yes. strap the guitar in? He did. There are diagrams online, if you look real quick. There are diagrams online on how to strap a guitar case into a first-class seat. Did he or beat the guitar seat. up? No, it wasn't his brother. Oh. I don't even know if it was a Gallagher. Oh. I don't know if it was a oh, Gallagher. that came out of your mouth. Yeah, I know. Uh, one guy said, I had a rock star came on to my A300. We stored his instrument in the front closet. All went well. Nice. That's nice. It says here, Qantas, that is, I believe, Australian. Australia's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Qantas overhead bins are perfect for guitar cases, almost like they were made for them. Oh, you know that's true. That's right. I want to wear Qantas t-shirts. And finally, if you are going to check an instrument, check for the code or ask for the code CGGB. It means cabin baggage, which I think is cool because it's real close to CBGB. CGGB. I like it. Cabin baggage. Now, there's another story I found on the Daily Edge that said Paul McCartney always buys an additional ticket for his guitar, but it doesn't say which guitar. I find that to be pure bull plop. Oh, really? Right. However, the London Daily Mail made the statement that Brian May did indeed pay £10,000 for a second first-class ticket for his red special guitar for a flight from London to L.A. to perform at the Classic Rock Awards in November of 2014. Okay. I don't believe the Paul McCartney one. Okay. I believe the other one. It's the London Daily Mail. It gave a date. It gave the guitar. It gave a price. There's too many factual pieces of information for it to be pure and adulterated bull plop. Mm. I buy it. Here's Queen on Roxy. Last break here on Rock School. I got two more very quick stories to tell you about people who check their instruments. A guy who played uh, an instrument called the Pippa, P-I-P-A. I I don't know what a Pippa is. I've seen a picture of it. It kind of looks like a hurdy-gurdy, has a very short neck and a very intricate scrolled top on it. 
He was on a flight from Philadelphia to New Haven. The people who were working the flight would not let him put it in the overhead baggage. So they took it, and while they were putting it into the front compartment for him, he watched them snap the head off of it. I'm looking at it right now. Do you see what it is? Yes. Look it up. Spell it one more time. P-I-P-A. And it is an instrument that next to nobody plays. So if you are a you know a high-end Pippa player, you are in a very small group of it people. It is beautiful. Well, they destroyed it right... Oh, I see. I'm looking at it right now. Wow, that's beautiful. Yes. Oh, they snapped the head of it off. Oh, I'm sure he cried. Take that. And one more here. Atlanta Symphony Principal Double Bassist Colin Cornier. C-O-R-N-E-R. It could be corner, but I'm guessing it's French Cornier. But then again, I'm from Louisiana. Well, Louisiana, everything's uh, French, right? Over the weekend, it says, which means when I got this, the story was relevant to the date and time. He flew with Southwest Airlines to perform in a Rochester Philharmonic Orchestra concert. He was holding on to his famous Sergei Kusevitsky double bass. Now that's Russian. Apparently, that means it is an uh, you know a high end, honest to goodness, yes. wow double bass. When he picked it up at baggage claim, the neck had been completely separated from the body of the oh instrument. My gosh. Now I'm a guy that has built three guitars in my life. Now they were kits, I get it. But to separate the neck from the body of an instrument, you need to exert one amazing amount of force. Well, I guess the Hulk was throwing his uh, luggage around in back there, huh? Apparently. So be careful if you're taking your instrument. Make sure it's in one whale of a case or take it right on there with you or pay for another seat. I'm Joe Burns. You are? I am Tammy Burns. Sorry, Brian Adams. However, Brian Adams did say that that does not ward him off from playing in Egypt. He will go back. Classes dismissed. We're going to play My Aeroplane from John Mellencamp. See you next week.